Welcome everyone to another episode of What Exit Jersey Stories. Your host, Nick Greco, and with me as always, I'm Pete Riario. And today I am excited because I have one of my favorite artists. Uh, uh, someone I, I also consider a friend and all around awesome dude, Mr. Chris Campana. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't look around. You, buddy. Yeah. I thought there was somebody else on. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Did you guys double book? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What's up? Uh, that, not not oh, much. Wait. How about yourself? <laughs> nothing, nothing. I, and, I, and I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in the studio for a day, so I, I'm sitting in here, and uh, whenever I get in here, I feel compelled to, to draw. It's like a guilt thing. Once I'm in here, I got to work, so I'm uh, thinking about what to do once we're done. Mm. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Got to doodle up something. Cool, cool. Um, well, for, for all those that don't know who Chris Campana is, well, I know for, for, for my background with you, it, it all started at uh, New York Comic Con, I believe, uh, 2012? It might have been New York or Philly. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, New York, because I haven't been to the Philly one. <laughs> all right, then it was New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in, in, in a small press. Yeah, like, I remember, like, well, it was a small part. It was like that block area, I, I, like or what became the block. But yeah, I think it was called like small press or something else at that yep. time. And I remember swinging by, and it was like, like you know, you're, the, you know, the uh, stuff caught my eye. And then I don't know for some odd reason, both of us mentioned Ming. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he was just by here like a few minutes ago. I was like, oh, really? And yep. you know, one thing led to another, and then I bought. I don't know, what was it three three Kintara comics and because I think that's what was out at that time. Or, or Probably. Fourth, I forget. I, well, there was a fourth, but I don't think we had it the first show, uh, the first New York we did. Now, no, I, th- I think it was just the three, and then right. next time I uh, hit the fourth. <laughs> yep. Hmm. And then I, and then I conned you into buying everything since. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's part of the work. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, yeah, and then then I'm trying to remember, Pete. Did, did uh, I introduce you at I think what twenty? It was, I think it was like the second uh, go round, right? Um, at, at oh, New York yeah. Comic Con, whatever. Maybe the following year, I'd say. Is yeah, that possible? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know? Sometime soon thereafter, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of funny because we, the next time we met up was actually down in Asbury Park. Uh, and the karaoke night. You ran the karaoke night for the Asbury Park Comic Con for all those that were running, volunteering. I happened to be there, and um, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. This guy was running it, and like I did not put two and two together and realize it was Chris. Mm-hmm. But it, it was uh, my buddy Ron and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and Ming had asked us to run what they called White Folky Karaoke. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, James uh, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Uh, I, the only thing I really remember about that night is O'Halloran destroyed that Sabbath song. He he Orphan. killed it. Yeah, he he's so good. And, oh yeah. And Ming and I sang uh, Man Eater. Oh right. <laughs> which, which which since every time we're at karaoke together is like one of our one of our standards. Like we have to do Man Eater every time we're together at a karaoke. Go to. Yeah, it's a go to. That's the, 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 the Campana Chen. Uh, that's right. That's right. That has to be, you know, like, you know, every, everyone is clamoring for it. 
any karaoke night. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? I, I really got to like, one of these days, we, we actually have to, the three of us get together and go for karaoke because we, we, we are uh, karaoke holics uh, over the years and it would just be really cool. Like, you know, absolutely. You know, and, and, and seeing you not necessarily behind the mic of, you know, the host, but the actual, you know, enjoying it along with everyone. I'm all about it, and I will watch duets with you, Lewis, and Gwyneth Paltrow before. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> and then, and then we'll, go, we'll go run game at karaoke's across New Jersey. <laughs> I know Ming loves karaoke, doesn't he, Nick? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's, yeah. He's, he's addicted to it. He goes. Yes. There was. I can't remember one of the places he went. He was going like every Thursday night for a while, and, and I was mad at him for not telling me about it. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Down that way, or it's like he was hiding it from me. <laughs> His secret karaoke yeah, spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, right. Come on, man. Oh, Bane has to. Nicholas Franco, me and you should definitely do karaoke next time. Why oh. are there so many songs? <laughs> <laughs> it was uncanny, the resemblance there, you know? Yes. That's He's wrong. No. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we definitely at some point have to get get together and uh, and, and do that some night. Like, I, I know you have a bit of a uh, you know busy schedule with like Tom season coming like back into yes distance again. Like, uh, how has it been since cons have started happening again? Like, what what has it been for you? Um. Well. Uh, it's been on a personal uh, side of it, it. It's been great to see people I haven't seen for over a year, year and a half. That's been nice. Uh, some of the shows uh, early on when the season started still required masks, right. you know, for at least the vendors. Um, and I, I'll tell you, it's it sounds stupid, but it, it's it's more difficult than you might think drawing face down with a mask on at a show. It's this really strange sort of thing to get used to. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once you start looking down and you're getting that edge of the mask sometimes. Yeah. And you go to like this Zen mode where your breathing changes when you're drawing and you're trying to focus. And it's just a very different thing, but it, it's, it's a minor inconvenience. And at least we're at shows being able to do it. Mm. Uh, now that it, things are more relaxed, uh, it's, I don't know. I still think some people and, and rightfully so, uh, are nervous to come out. Understood. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. totally understandable. So it's it's good, and I'm happy to see it happening. I hope it continues, you know, safely, and everybody's all right. But it it hasn't reached the point of the craziness of working a show how it used to be, right? You know, where you were busy nonstop, or yep, you were seeing everyone and. You were drawing and making change and signing things and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's nice to start making money again. Right. Because that was a long, long year in some where mm. there was nothing happening. Uh, but it's not back fully yet. Got it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see like yeah, – because like I know New York's going live this right. year like at the Javits again. And you are – what one of the ones that will be in Artist Alley? Right. So, like, what do you expect when you know, like, uh, th- thinking about what what 
New York Comic Con is going to be this year? Well, I know it's sold out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing as they had done with the Javits. I don't know what it looks like in there right now. Yeah, I, I don't know, especially given what Javits was right. during the, the, the heart of the pandemic. And, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's like, okay, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Javits itself? It's like, oh, how, how do you do that? It's, well, you, you go back to what, you know, it was a couple of years ago in the alley when we were downstairs because they were doing the construction and everything. And, I mean, you're shoulder to shoulder for – That was horrible. You know, they, a, 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 lo- a lot of days. Yeah, and mm. it was – you know, it, it's weird. Like, New York is one of my favorite shows because it's so, so busy. And uh, business-wise, you do really well. But it's very difficult uh, from, the, from the aspect of wanting to see and getting to interact with your people. Because you don't ha- you don't have the time in Artist Alley to really spend and 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 you know do that whole you know FaceTime with everyone right. So it, it's it's just uh, it is what it is. It, it's mm. a good busy show, and I love the people that run it. Um, but uh, it's so busy sometimes that it can be overwhelming. Mm. Yeah, I and it. I yeah. I have no idea. I don't know what the occupancy is going to be for New York. I don't, I, is it a hundred percent? Have you heard? Is it is it full? I don't. No, if it's going to be a hundred, I don't, I don't think they're running under a hundred percent yet, and that's why also everything sold out as well. You know, like it sells out quickly as it right. is, but I think that's also why it sold out. They didn't do a general sale; they just did a um, like well, they had a special like okay, be a repop uh, MVP or whatever. So like you had to buy yeah. a ship and you could then you could buy a ticket, and then there was the. Like what? What I do? It's like, oh, okay. You've been coming to the shows. You get your passcode, and then you do the tickets, and that's all they did. Really? They said they're sold out, so they haven't mentioned anything about a general on sale yet. It it, it seems a little bit. Uh, I mean, I I, I this again c- conjecture right now with what's going on is dangerous, uh, yeah. but when you see reports of. They want mask mandates to possibly come back in the fall for schools or this and that. Yeah. You hope that doesn't happen because obviously New York is in October. Yep. And Mm -hmm. yeah, right. I think right after that is Baltimore. And then I have another one right after that. Uh, So you hope if there is a mask mandate, it doesn't change people going to the show and and what, and what attendance could be. I I have no idea. I it's, it's really hard right now to to plan. Yeah, because I, because there's expenses when it comes to. I mean, some shows I'm lucky and I get the table. You know, I, I'm comp the table or you're comp the hotel, or you're comp travel, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. there's other shows because of my status in the industry where I'm not a big name, uh, but I you know I have work uh, where I I think most people actually still pay for their tables in New York. To tell you the truth, but mm-hmm. where where it's you know New York's an expensive table. Right. Yeah. In, in comparison to some of the other ones, I sure. imagine like mm-hmm. like at least double, triple, uh, I would think some of the other uh, con prices. for Now, t- now, now uh, obviously, you're going to make a lot of money at New York at your show. So right. but you, have to, yeah. you have to pay for the table prior, you mm-hmm. know, and then if you're for me, I don't do hotels. Since I'm close to it. I'll drive in or I'll bus in or whatever. So there's expenses associated with New York. that You kind of have to incur before the show. So if you, if you do that and then something happens with attendance or whatever and you still choose to go forward with the show, you could be in trouble. 
you know, you, you don't, you don't really know. I know that Mike and everybody who we deal with on the, on the artist side has nothing but everybody's best interest in mind and wants to run a safe, great show for all of us. Right. And, and they've been great about reaching out to us because they care about their creators. They care about the people who attend their shows and they want us to do well. Mm-hmm. So, so they, they give us everything, you know, that, that they're capable of to, to try to help us get to that show and make it a successful show. But it still feels like sometimes things are up in the air just because of what's going on in the world. And we have no idea uh, that, how it's going to go. Mm. I totally get it. And from, from my knowledge, I thought at this point, still for New York, the plan was still that attendees needed to mask. I, I thought it was still that actually even up to this point. I didn't see now you, 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 you might be right. And, and might you might've received a, uh, when I got the email that I was accepted into the alley after I was done doing several backflips down the hallway of the house, <laughs> <laughs> the hallway to artist alley, right? Exactly. Uh, I, just, right. I, actually, yeah. I just returned recently. Yeah. Uh, I just emailed Mike and I was just like, Mike, Mike, I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm in the alley. Cause it's such a, you know, getting the alley at artist in New York is like the, I don't know. It just, it's, it feels good to be accepted into that alley. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's so many great talented people in there to be a part of that is, you know, it's, it's, it means something. Mm. So, uh, it, validation, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. Um, and as far as anything else in the email, if it said it, I didn't say it because I was still basking okay. in the glow of acceptance that would be, you know, being able to go to the show. Uh, you, you, I'll, I'll check to see what else I've received as far as from like read pop and that on mm-hmm. the, the show and the rules. Right. But, yeah. Like I'll, I'll see if there's been any update. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Let me know. I'll, I'll go back and look, but uh, I, honestly, if there's masks, there's masks. Uh, if this is the way we have to do it, you know, I'm vaccinated and mm-hmm. I, I, I'll do whatever it takes uh, to make sure everybody feels comfortable and safe. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's paramount to me. Uh, as long as we can keep working and keep doing what we want to do. I don't want somebody who I don't know inadvertently getting sick because somebody did something they shouldn't do. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, have you done the, uh, San Diego comic-con uh, at any point or no? So here's a crazy story. The last time I did San Diego, uh, was 94. 596 maybe somewhere mm. maybe i i don't know if my my son was born yet my son was born in 97 mm-hmm. um i just remember going to san diego as a young artist because i was visiting my parents out in california and i remember walking around my portfolio and maybe you guys can help me out with the time timeline here because image comics had just recently started yeah that was, I, was 90 what was that? Yeah, what, 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 it might have been 90 because I want to say it was almost 94 that I was there, but it was mm-hmm. nice somewhere in that, you know, yeah, it was in that, you know, like early, yeah. early mid. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm online for portfolio reviews uh, for image comics, literally shitting my pants. Because, oh, like, <laughs> we, 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 we have uh, a, a, a someone that has uh, like clarified when image started. Mr. Okay, Mr. Nick Justice says it was 92. 92, okay. Yes. Justice has been yeah, I love that last name. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, we got a, another one of our friends and you know, like uh, an, another great artist. Uh, Nick, Nick, now you know why I can't respond to your next message if you send it to me because I'm live right now. <laughs> we were just talking a couple of minutes ago. Uh, so anyway, so I'm at uh, Comic-Con and I didn't really know anything about the industry. I was just like this young kid who thought if you drew comics, you were going to people were going to buy it because your mom said you were good. You know, so you're just like doing whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Should, should they donate a dollar to you? What's that? Should they yes. donate a dollar to you? <laughs> As your mom just recently. Because uh, we've all known him for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to tell that story, I guess, after so people yes. understand the reference. But, <laughs> so uh, I'm standing online waiting for this portfolio review, and I thought my stuff was good because, you know, you don't know. And the kid online next to me had his portfolio and people start looking at it and they start like, oh, oh, and I look at it and I don't know who it is, but his stuff was killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like it belonged in the comic book now. And that's when I knew that mine didn't, but I, I still had to stay online because I needed to take the beating. And two spots before me, Rob Liefeld, the guys doing the reviews were Rob Liefeld and Eric Stevenson. And oh. I watched uh, Rob do a, a review and I don't know what he said. I don't know if he said something bad or good or whatever, but the kid walked away and he was crying. Like mm-hmm. he wanted a bad and he got a bad review, you know, or whatever it was. Or maybe he was crying tears of joy. I have no idea, but I know the dude was bawling as he walked away. I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone, uh, you know, kicked him on the way, you know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> or something, yeah. like, like nailed his like grundle before he had walked away and then it was over for him. <laughs> <laughs> but so when Wait, I, I got, says uh, Chris Campana is God. Oh no! no. Is, is a god? Who said that? Yeah, uh, Mr. Ming Chen. <laughs> hey Ming. <laughs> Ming would know. Ming karaoke soon, my friend. Oh uh, yeah. So anyway, so I got my review, and it wasn't terrible, but I wasn't ready, and I and I walked away, and that led me to uh, coming home and doing New York, and in New York, when I got my my first portfolio review, I watched the guy throw away my samples right in front of me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a Marvel Comics editor. And I showed him my stuff. I handed him, you know, at the time you gave uh, like packets of your stuff. And you wrote your name and your address and all your contact info on the back of all your photocopies. And I handed it to him. And I, I turned away and I went to turn back. And I shit you not, I turned back and I watched him just go, just like turn and drop Ooh, him wow. into the garbage can. And he didn't do it in front of me on purpose until I turned around and it was in front of me. And and that's when uh, I realized it was a long road ahead. Yeah. That, well, speaking of the long road, what like how did you get into you know art in the first place? Like you know what what was your start? What were your influences? Like you know, you know is it just like one day you know like little thought bubble above your head? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like were you always drawing as a child? Um or. So you you got my origin story? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it in Marvel terms. <laughs> were, were you bitten by a radioactive pencil? <laughs> <laughs> does, this, does this mean I have like there's some kind of arch nemesis around here that I haven't faced yet? There's <laughs> <laughs> an epic battle that I'll deal with. Um, oh, well, he, he, he lies in wait, Chris. He yeah, lies exactly. in wait. As soon as I achieve any kind of real status, all of a sudden he's going to come out and say that I've mm-hmm. always like wronged him in some way. Uh, honestly, I was the youngest of four. All my brothers were a lot older than me. Uh, my closest brother to me was seven years older. Uh, 
he really collected comic books. He was a big, big comic book guy. Okay. So I wanted to be like him. So I would steal his comics when I was younger. And in 81, 82, uh, I started collecting He-Man figures. Oh, a little more in there. Yeah. And then at the same time, I had discovered uh, like Frazetta and the old uh, uh, Busima Conans. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So all of that stuff together, I started drawing it. And what I noticed as a kid was that was how I got attention. Mm. At least the mm. right kind of attention. You know, besides all the, all the good ways to get attention, but yeah, besides all the shit you pull when you're the youngest of four boys, you know, <laughs> and they and they can't do anything to you because you're the baby. But that that was it. I started drawing, uh, and then I noticed that people were like, oh, come look at what Chris did, and uh, it was sort of like my way into the conversation inside the house, you know, because this brother was good at that, this brother did this, and whatever. So that was my way in. It was the th- thing that I did that was different than everybody else who was inside the home. Mm. Got it. And, and it turned into an addiction probably when I was 10 or 11, even on days that I, and I always tell this to people who come up to shows, come up to me at shows and say, you know, what is it? How do you do it? What, you know, whatever. I always say that in my mind, when they say, oh, you're so talented or this, that, although it's very nice to hear, I honestly think that what it is, is even on days that I, even to today, you know, on days when you're struggling and the art isn't happening, you still go back the next day and you do it. Mm. That to me was the quote unquote talent part of it was the drive part of it. Mm. The, the slash addiction part of it. I couldn't not do it. If I, if, if I tried, I did give it up for a while. Um, uh, when my son was born mm-hmm. because you know, you kept freelancing when you're a single parent, you, you might as well just, throw yourself in a river like it, it, that's impossible it's, it's it's very very challenging but uh it was always there it was always 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 there it was always what i wanted to do always what i knew i should be doing so uh i guess the start was yeah i wanted attention and my parents just weren't giving it to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> did, did you like was there like i know you were saying like you were trying to you know draw like you know like the frisetta the, you know the pajama the um much of Motu, you were trying to sure. do, do those. Was there a particular thing that, okay, when you do this one thing, that's the thing that like caught everyone's eye. It's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, can you can you make me one? Can you, know, can you draw this? I. That's a really great question. I, I have to tell you, in all the years, no one's ever asked me that question, and that is an insanely good question. Um, I don't have a particular thing, but I can remember having the Marvel comics puzzle and like crossword book back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, on the inside cover, I had drawn Lionel Ah. for whatever whatever reason I was drawing like Thundercats Marvel universe at the time. Right. Yeah. I was drawing like, (laughs) were they part of star comics maybe at the time. I have have no idea, (laughs) but I was drawing like Lionel on the inside of the book. And my brother who was seven years older, had grabbed it because, you know, like I said, he was a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. And when he saw it, he actually thought it was good. And to get validation from the person who I wanted to be like, mm. that was, you know, so I, I guess that was the piece. Mm-hmm. Got it. everything. Yeah, I guess. I never thought about that. That's damn you. 
I, I try to win question points along the way, you know, like doing pods. Come on, you, you, you've done pods as well. You know, like, yeah. Besides like being a guest, you, you've actually had your own pod. Yeah, but you know, Ming, Ashley, and I never had guests on because we we're too busy shit-talking each other. <laughs> uh, it, it, the, the, those were fun pods. The, the, those were really fun pods to listen to. Behind the, behind the scenes, we have tried desperately to have a reunion show, but everybody's so busy. But uh, I will say that we will have a, a Random Thoughts reunion show. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Now, like you see, I've, I've, I've mentioned to Ming that like at some point – like. He's got to run like an a shared universe, like um, po- podcast fest or something like that. And one of the th- one of the attractions at that should be the return of random thoughts. With ah, <laughs> thank you. You know what we should do? Honestly, we should do like a family feud thing where several pods team up on each side. Oh. Ooh, I love this idea already. Okay. Wouldn't that be awesome with like Ming as and and Mike as the hosts? Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> I sell comics versus yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we like we get up and we have to answer whatever pop trivia things, and there's like. 10 best answers from the fan base. Oh and my like, God. That would be cool. That you would know, be cool. Some yeah, of the different pods team up, like, like you guys team up with us from random thoughts. And then the other hmm. side is, you know, some of the other pods and it would just be a lot of fun. That would be. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. It's like, I was going to say, it's, it's funny. You mentioned that they, they just actually had uh, the opening of the Smod castle, Kevin's uh, Smod yeah. castle, uh, mm-hmm. quick stop. And oh, oh, by the way, our friend uh, Stuart Greenberg, Stuart It podcast, definitely you would actually have to be on our side. What's up, Stu? What's up, Stu? Stuart It. Um, anyway, they they, you know, they just opened Smod Castle, and one of the shows was I sell comics with with guest star Kev. Right. And mm-hmm. it was basically pub trivia style. Yeah, I I took a beating on that, by the way, because I didn't watch, I didn't see it. And then when I did the pod with Mike and Ming last week to promote yeah. the starter, Mike, <laughs> Mike destroyed me for saying I had seen it because I was just trying to be supportive. <laughs> I had seen shit. So, <laughs> so I kind of fell victim of knowing Mike for like a decade now and getting my ass kicked by his, uh, his quick wit. So that was – Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – the wrong side of that, that blade can be dangerous. Oh, <laughs> yes. Very, very much so. <laughs> and we know certain individuals that have been on the wrong side of that. Place. Yes. Oh, yes, we do. Yes. Now, Chris, are. are you good at fast money during Family Feud? You know, at the end. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, am. I, I. I like. You know what? If we could do that, or like Pyramid. Could you imagine Pyramid? Oh God. <laughs> that would be so much. Fun. Yeah. Oh my God. I. Shoelaces, socks, yeah. <laughs> things that you were, what is it? Uh, how they, things on your feet. Things on your feet, right? Yes. Things my mother beat me with. No? Yes, right. <laughs> Coat hanger. <laughs> yeah. Mommy dearest. It's mommy dearest. Uh, that would be fun if we could talk them into somehow figuring out how to do that. Yeah, definitely. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. Ming, if you're still listening, <laughs> listen to Chris. Yeah. You know when the time to pitch that is that uh, when, when Ross, uh, John Ross opens his brewery up there and you oh know, yes! Catch Ming after a couple of drinks and convince oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Right. We gotta figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Definitely. Oh God. Yeah. Now, now, you know, being that we've mentioned Ming and Mike, also, mm-hmm. like, how did you actually get to know them? Like, I don't remember. 
Like, was it through the <laughs> well, cons I, or? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I think it was 2011. Okay. Wizard World Philly, I think, or 2012, somewhere in there, and. But but I think they have a different story. I I, I have to tell you, I don't really know. I just know that I knew them. Got and it. then it just grew from there. And then I was asked uh, to be uh, on Comic Book Men. Um, and then I did that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was, we were, we've been potting with them since the beginning. We yeah, were, I've, you, you've been on I Sell Comics, like, how many times? Like, I, I, times. What's that? You've been on I Sell Comics like several times. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I maybe I'm like that Saturday Night Live thing where you know, like Alec Baldwin has the most hosting. Yes. Things, like maybe I had the most appearances <laughs> on I Sell Comics, which would be really cool. <laughs> or, or it's like uh, if you, if you remember in the old days, David Letterman, but like the the uh, like whenever they needed someone to fill in, they used to like just like Marv Albert would be there and yeah, Sandra <laughs> Bernhardt. And what episode they actually had? It's like. It's like, uh, you know, do you ever do you know, anything in case you need a guest host? And they had Marv Albert in like the glass case, like 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 or like oh. fire, in, in case of fire, break glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> glass. Or, what's that joke that they used to do on um, Jimmy Kimmel where Matt Damon has been pushed to the next episode? Yes. He, oh he, yes. Yeah, yes. sorry, we run out of time. Yeah, we run out of time. And, yeah. So, I, I I I've been on there a bit, and it's it's um. I don't know. We became friends. I remember one year after Philly, we, my buddy Ron and I went to, uh, it might've been a trivia or something else that Mike and Ming were running across the street from the convention center. And I have photos of me, uh, you know, Mike and the guys, and we're with like the entire cast of Pirates of the Caribbean cosplayers. And I don't know. I don't know what happened that night. It got weird, and and it uh, from that point on, it was we were we were buddies. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you this. I and you know you guys know this, but some people may not. I I know that people thought that um, like Mike wasn't as big a comic book guy as as he actually is. His street cred on comics is real. Like that mm. dude really does oh, know. That- he, he is really that's not, that's not tv magic like that dude knows his shit no yeah. actually you know it, it's kind of strange like at the beginning of the pandemic and that when um i'm trying to remember if they had done like a, a remote thing with isol comics but there was something uh that happened and mike was uh saying it's like oh i have some um it was the uh graphic novel green lantern mm-hmm. like hal jordan returns um, and he's like, you know, if anyone is interested in that, you know, call and, you know, I, I actually, I gave a call down to, you know, to the stash, you know, right. Mike, the only one there. And it's like, and we're talking about, it's like, oh yeah, I, I, I remember when I was like really little, when I first picked up like a comic book, one of them was yeah. the Green Lantern. It was the one with, uh, he, he, he's fighting tattooed man. I think it's like 143 and then like Mike's like, no, 144. It's like, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's no joke. He is, yeah, he's legit. He's mm-hmm. and private. Oh, hold on a second. We, we, we lost. Oh, no, we lost Chris. I'm back. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Back. I was getting a phone call on my phone. Oh, uh, imagine <laughs> that. I, I, 
privately, Mike, ha- Mike and Ming have both been uh, just as friends, so supportive of my career and other stuff that's gone on in my life. They're just good dudes. Definitely. Yeah, that's uh, no, true. Hundred yeah. percent agree. Just good dudes. Yeah, I was going to say actually, in um, I think it was uh, First World Part Two, like mm-hmm. uh, when that came out. I think uh, isn't Mike's uh, thing in yeah. the. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a blurb uh, of him blowing smoke on my ass telling me how good it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually liking the work. So, uh, but, but, you know, it, it, it's no joke. We, we do like the work. Oh, well, thanks. I, 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 Definitely. I, actually, you know, like what, one of the commissions that I love is still um, from First World, you mm-hmm. know, Arana, Dragon. The Dragon. I, I, I love that piece. That, well, thanks, man. That, that ended up being, as you know, the second printing cover. Yep. Yep. That was. Uh, I, and I was so psyched when I like I was like, oh, he turned it into. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's what I, it looked I, like color. <laughs> I thought so highly of that piece that it's actually one of the uh, pieces featured in Imagine FX when I did the uh, fantasy art section. When oh, I did wow. Imagine FX, that piece is in there because I, I love that drawing. Mm. Um, and I'd like I'd, I'd like it back. So no. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And like, and you know, for those that you know, you know, don't know, like you know, like the the creative process that you know, like you know, artists go through. How many times did we talk to like, okay, what, what should it look like? Okay, what should the piece right. be? Okay, it's around. It's the dragon. Okay, wait, should the tail be around? No, should she just be standing in front? Should she be like you know? We went. I don't know how many times back and forth to, you know, just to the concept of that piece. And then, and then, then the work comes to, 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 to actually make it real. There's something to be said about that part of it. Uh, when you're asked to do a commission, obviously what you have in your head, I can't see, you know, right. I, I can't, I don't have the same image. So working through it sometimes is sometimes the most challenging part of the piece. And, and the, the least challenging part is the actual drawing. Mm. Really? By that time, you're in your comfort zone. You're just laying pencil to paper. You're doing what you've been doing for years. But the hard part is when somebody comes up to you and says, well, I've got this idea for, you know, this, this, and this. And I, I, I kind of um, equate it to when a tattoo artist says, that's a great idea, but on skin, it won't work. Right, right. You know, there are certain things that you have in mind that when you tell an artist you want these things or ask them about a commission – that is completely impossible to do. Right. You know, I, I know it makes sense in your head as an image, but when you put it on paper, perspective wise, composition wise, storytelling wise, whatever, it doesn't work. So to get to that, that part when it makes sense to both of us and actually be able to lay it down on paper. And then it sometimes always changes a little bit because then your creative process goes. And when you see it finally in front of you, it's like um, when you're moving furniture in a house, and you realize the couch doesn't look good on that wall. You know, but you had to put it there first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you to find out. With it. <laughs> yeah. So the process is long. I remember I was going through that and the, I, the tail ended up being really good through the bottom going off frame and then coming back up because circular uh, composition was nice. It brought you around through the entire piece. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. Yeah. And it, now, and, uh, now uh, on those notes, like, like how often does it happen that someone wants to, you know, you know, commission something, you know, and they give you a concept and then, and you have to tell them, yeah, I don't think it's going to work that way often about this. Or how many times does it happen where someone gives you something and it's like, I'm not touching that. 
Uh, so because I'm sure it comes up. <laughs> I, the fir, on the the first part of that is it happens a lot, um, okay. and it's understandable because if I went to somebody, you know, to fix a car or to do whatever, I have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, so if somebody said, like when I walk into a, a, a mechanic and I say it's making this noise, how the hell are we both wrapping our heads around the noise that it's making? He doesn't know what I'm, or she doesn't know what I'm talking about or whatever. And when somebody's talking to me about a piece, it's very much the same uh, where until we can get to, again, middle ground on all it is, it, it, it happens a lot. The other side of I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, I've had a few where whether it was naked Wolverine drinking milk out of a bottle with his claw through the gallon of milk. So the milk's flowing all over his body or uh, wow. women cool. having sex with pandas um, <laughs> or other great requests <laughs> wow. that, I, that I have received or uh, what's her name from Willy Wonka, the blueberry girl. Oh, uh, that Violet Beauregard. Yep. Yeah, or her in a bikini, swollen, uh, with juices everywhere. Some of those requests. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, I've told that story a million times. Uh, it is truthful. And if you Google Blueberry Girl, there are commissions of her <laughs> that some artists have done that I wow. uh, thankfully turned down. No, I mean, what? <laughs> and the FBI will show up at your door the moment you search. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been there's been a few, but all fun. Uh, well, some fun, some uh, dangerous. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was going to say there are some subjects that are like just you know, yeah, just too taboo to touch. And then there's the the, the strange ones on the internet. You know, like look look up sometime. What if Penny met a dinosaur? Like not not Penny from Big Bang, but from Inspector Gadget. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just been something and that. But Nick, how'd you come across that? But, but from listening to the Flophouse podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're good guys, but they saw that this was like a recurring question people had out there, and people, you know, people have drawn that. Like, what if Benny met a dinosaur? You know, like, I guess you could have fun in some ways, uh, but I will tell you that I remember I was at Asbury Asbury Park Comic Con when it was in the bowling alley. Yes. Yeah. Asbury Lanes, was it? No. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. And that's when I got asked for the Blueberry Girl. And we were so, we had just started out, Mike, Ron, and myself had just started out uh, doing shows again. And I said, well, we, we, <laughs> was like, we need the money, so I'll take the commission. And then I started drawing it. And about 20 minutes later, he came over and he goes, oh, can you make her, her boobs bigger? And I was like, this is getting weird. And then he came over again. He wanted uh, the juices. And I said, all right, I, I can't do it here's your money back and here's yeah. the paper. And I also have to go scrub down because this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple of hours later, he came to the table and he slammed down this piece of paper and I had the drawing on. He's like, this is what I want. And I was like, well, that's terrifying. So <laughs> I, I, I don't want to know what else is, goes on in that mind. <laughs> yeah, just, and enjoy it, my friend and, and scrub up. Cause it's, so. But by the way, I have to say hi to my cousin Julie that actually is uh, listening to the show. Hi, Julie. Nice. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. But, Chris, uh, do you ever run into with um, you know fans at Comic Con um, asking you to draw something like you know in the Marvel universe? Are, are there any copyright issues that um, come into play with that? And, and maybe you don't do that. You know, like we'll, we'll at a con that is. I'm saying. 
Uh, for cons, it's not there. There isn't a copyright issue because it's a one-off. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so it's not something that I'm mass producing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For a profit. Yeah. That, that's that's when I guess into the real, you yeah, know, the dangerous I, territory. I, right. When you're profiting off of all the work. Well, I did have in Chicago at C2E2 a couple of years ago. I did have someone come up to me and say and threaten a, a C and D, a cease and desist. Wow. And, but the reason being. I was selling prints with Spidey on them or, and, and a couple of the Marvel characters. And it wasn't that I was selling the print. It was the fact that at the bottom of the print, it had my business's logo on it and my web address. Oh. So, so what they were upset about is that I was misrepresenting the fact that people would consider I created that character because my okay. web Because your name. Yes. Yeah, got it. So, it. It's one thing to sign it. It's another thing to put the business logo and I, I, yeah. yeah i was i was told take the ones with all of that off your table or you will be served a cease and desist Oof. uh and mm. i immediately obviously complied because i as a, a freelance artist who you know works with companies you don't want to burn a bridge when it no. comes to work with marvel or, or, mm. so but otherwise i've never you know knock on wood uh dealt with an issue of selling there's like a, a and an unwritten, uh, you know, blind eye turn to that kind of stuff when you're selling uh, Spidey or Bats. And, and there's some creators who won't do it, and I totally respect that. Um, I have a rule where I won't have a banner behind me that has any characters on it that I haven't worked on. That's just mm -hmm. something I won't promote. I won't promote myself on a, on a large scale, you know, that way. Or when a show asks me to come and attend it, I give them images of things that I've worked on. As, as opposed to just a piece of fan art or something like that. You know, I, I, I like to promote myself with, you know, things that I, I've had my hand in actually doing. But at my table, as an indie creator that has some professional credits, you know, on the mainstream side, there's something to be said about having uh, a Spidey print at your table. Of course. And, you know, somebody comes over, they like the Spidey, and then all of a sudden they say, hey, what's, what's uh, First World about? What's you know, chosen about, you know, what's Parker Reef? What's this? What's that? And then that starts the conversation. Yes. Absolutely. You know, that's, you, you got to work both sides of it. It's, it's basically the icebreaker into, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, the, the, the greater, sure. the, the greater work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Chris, did you have any like a formal schooling for art? I mean, um, or it just kind of just came naturally and developed organically on your own. Uh, when I was 19, I I uh, had the opportunity to attend a, an art school in New York, but the the issue was the travel and everything. I just couldn't afford to do it. Mm. I did it for a really, really short period of time. And plus I was 19 and extremely arrogant and just thought I didn't need it. Ooh. You know, I had developed this insecure artist thing to the point of it just came out as very arrogant. And if mm -hmm. you said anything derogatory about my work, you were clearly wrong. You know, so I, I, it was the money, but it was also who are you to tell me what I'm good at? Mm. And they were the people who should be telling me what I was and wasn't good at, but I didn't want to hear it at that time. So uh, I stopped. And I will tell you, uh, when I came back into it, there was definitely, I would have had an easier time getting back to the level, you know, of getting hired if I had a better understanding of the fundamentals of some of the things and not just loving to draw, right. you know, there were some things I knew 
just because I like I was good, you know, and 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 it was the obsessive part, and I and I knew how to do things. But there were plenty of things that if I had had instruction, it would have been easier to get them into my work. Mm. Got it. So I, I do believe in instruction. I do believe in school. I don't believe you can teach somebody how to be an artist and how to be creative. I do believe you can teach somebody the rules that exist in the world of art. Yeah, that you makes sense. Give them sort of, yeah, here's some fundamentals. Yeah. Now, what you do with it, that's on you. you know, mm-hmm. If you have that drive, if you have that, you know, like, you know, desire and that yeah. you're, you're, you're going to keep at it. And you know what? You you may do something, and you know what? It it may not happen too. It's- I, I I know some very technically sound artists who are so technically sound that, in my opinion, and this isn't a knock, this is just my opinion, that their art sometimes lacks energy mm. because okay. they're so restricted by the rules of exactly how anatomy works, of exactly how this stuff works, that the art can sometimes seem stiff. Got it. And there's other artists who know the rules, but the style and how it allows them to break it gives their work something that sort of jumps off the page. Mm. Right. You know, so there's a balance there. And I I certainly, until I started getting regular work and until I was able to go full time, until I could say who I was and and, and what I was doing and I was accepted sort of in the the community and and into the industry, I, I definitely didn't trust my lines the way I do now okay, and, and have been able to turn that knowledge into a freedom of style where it makes sense. I wasn't as restricted by wanting acceptance and thinking I was good enough. Got it. Yeah. There's another, there's a balance there too. Right. For for those that are not familiar with your work, it's like we've talked about a lot like of your, you know, like prior, but like, like what, what, what are some of the things that you're most proud of of what you have done, like of, of what you have created? Like again, just to rattle off, you know, you've done Jaden. Yeah, your first self-promoted, right? Yep, that's that, and that, and actually, the Jaden stuff is how I first got hired uh, for my first professional gig way, way back in the day. Now, now was it, was that the uh, storyboard? Uh, that was Negative Burn with Caliber Comics. Ah, Negative Burn. Okay, got oh. it. Oh. And, and I know you have done work for you know other comics also like you know not your own and like yeah i've i've worked for idw um dynamite i did do some stuff uh ghosting for dc i've worked for scout i've worked for source point uh i've worked for plenty of uh other publishers but i haven't had that um that long run on a character that you really associate with wow chris had a really long run on you know, Moon Knight or something like that. You know, then they, oh, I know where Chris's work is from. I'm, I, I think of myself as the kind of guy who uh, has done both creator owned and, and mainstream stuff and is proud of that balance, but definitely in the industry is probably just thought of as more of an indie guy. Okay. Because I've done so much creative stuff and because I've been, uh, this is going to sound like a like a brag, but it isn't. But because I've been nominated for stuff on the indie side, I think that just kind of puts me more on that category. Okay, it, mm. I, I see what you're saying. It, but at the same point, it doesn't be, being put into that category. It doesn't say 
hamstring it when you know it's like oh okay well if you you know are give like there's opportunities in you know the the industry like you know some of the big guys or whatever like it's it's actually I would think more of a how, how do you want to say a, a more of a selling point really it's like oh, okay you know, like hey this guy's winning awards at the industry you know like at the independent level mm-hmm. that hey you know we should be looking at him we should you know look at his work on that. I think the industry, uh, from my point of view, is very much like that. Uh, I, to be able to to um, have any kind of foothold in it when I am mostly indie, and to be able to do this full time as mostly indie, mm-hmm. uh, is a testament to people like you. You know, having a great fan base and having people who have supported, <clears throat> you know, the gig for like a decade now. And, and, and what is your fan base called? Campanions. The Campanions. They are my Campanions. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we did have fun coming up with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you had a little uh, like contest. Uh, yeah. It's like okay, what should we call ourselves? Yeah, you know, something fun. But I, I, I like the thing about the fan base and calling people fans has always been kind of weird to me. But it's cool to have people like you and, and some of the other people have been around since the beginning because it's like you guys got my first mixtape. You know, and then I got to sign a record deal and then the album came out and you guys are like, yeah, but I've been here. I've been listening to Chris since he made something in his basement, you know, and that's kind of cool because if I had to ever go back to just making stuff in my basement, you guys would still be listening. And, right. and, mm-hmm. and for a creator and an artist, there is nothing better than knowing you have some people like that around you because it makes you continue to create. It's, it's not always uh, easy uh, to create when nobody's looking. Right. You know, that is the challenge of it, to to trust the process and to trust your dream enough to do it when no one is paying you and to do it when no one gives a shit mm-hmm. is very challenging. So to have the companions and to have the group that we have now and to be able to, you know, have books like Parker Reef sell five to six thousand copies without any store level help. There you go. Part two right there. Um, to have that and then to have the fan base get to the point where we vote where I'm nominated for a Ringo for writer and artist on mm. something like that uh, and the industry to pay attention that's it, it sounds like bullshit but that's as much me as it is everybody else you know there there are days when I get up and get into the studio I'm like man I just don't want to do this today and I think about what the reaction will be if I post it who, who would like this I kind of have an idea of you know, the really close long-term fan fans and friends who, who would dig it. And there are moments and times when I do stuff in my, in uh, my work day that is catered to those people. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to bring something to those people who have supported me uh, and solely for them, you know, cause they deserve it. You know, when I do stuff like, uh, you know, minor plug, when I have the Kickstarter going on right now for the sketchbook, and I do the fan art section in the back. That's a thank you to everyone because I wouldn't have a sketchbook if people didn't request drawings, mm. right? And so, like your your prior sketchbooks that you've come out with. In fact, actually, my first commission was the cover uh, was one of the blank covers of one of said sketchbooks. There you go. <laughs> I, I got uh, Pete. Do you remember the cartoon uh, back in the eighties? Uh, Thundar, the Barbarian. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel. What the, uh, by the way, what the hell was Ukla? Does anybody ever discover what the mock is? Like, what is a mock? I don't know. Do <laughs> <laughs> we know what a hell of a mock is? Nobody knows. No. Hey, you know, maybe that's something to put out there. Hey, has anyone thought of, you know, jumping back into the, uh, like, the uh, mythology of Thundark? You know, can, can we go back and f- finally find out what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> finally solve the age-old question. <laughs> where, where did the mocks originate from? You know, mm-hmm. And when you think about the mocks, also, that horse he was riding too. Yeah, that that's true. Mock horse or whatever. <laughs> mock horse. I have, to, I have to plug my phone away. I got to do this for a second. Oh no! no high, high, high living in studio that I have. I have my phone <laughs> on my drafting table. Uh, so. no, no problem. Hey, <clears throat> my camera here, Chris, is also my phone. Yeah, like there you uh, go. Like, well, I, I found out there's like cool apps called Droid Cam. It's like, oh, cool. Okay, use oh, my phone. Cool. Buy another thing. Sure, sounds good. That's awesome. I've and you know, you you can now uh, get Thundar the Barbarian complete oh, series cool. on Blu-ray. What? Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I know where I have it, to go on and uh, order. Did it <laughs> age complete well? series? <laughs> did it age well, or, or is it rough? Oh I, God, get Nick. I, I I think you know what I've uh, watched. Of, I don't know, it was several years ago, back on Boomerang. Mm-hmm. They had some of the old Thundar episodes, and I don't know, I, I, I still dug it. I actually yeah? I still dug okay. it, yeah. More okay. than He-Man? <laughs> well, I'll well, tell you this, I'll tell you, the He-Man cartoon did not age well. Oh, no? No, well, not... The originals, yeah. Yeah, the original, uh, and I'm gonna get my ass kicked for this, because everybody knows how oh. big a Motu fan I am, <laughs> but I was never... Well, Motu started as an action figure line with the mini comics and He-Man. There was no Prince Adam. There was none of that. There was, you know, the Sword of Power was in two pieces and He-Man got his power from his garments and this whole other thing. And he was a guy from a tribe and there was no, you know, it wasn't the way that, you know, when Filmation did the cartoon, it wasn't anything like that. And I always loved that more. When that cartoon hit, I was like, who the hell is Prince Adam? Like, what are we doing right now? Like, this is, why is this happening the way that this is happening? And, and uh, the whole uh, uh, Battle Cat cringer, you know, it's like, oh. That's so painful. But um, obviously that show did and was a big part of my childhood. And I loved it for what it was. I wasn't critical of it like I am now uh, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. It just was so, so different. And it was basically an action figure commercial for, you know, a 30-minute action figure commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some great stories, there was some really hard-hitting episodes, but for the most part, it was fluff. Uh, the 2000X Mike Young production He-Man cartoon was incredible. That cartoon was great. And the one that just came out the other day, I loved it. I know it's taken a beating from some of the fans. I, I thought know. it was fantastic. I, I, I hate that stuff where it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're ruining my childhood. You're not doing it the way that I wanted you to do it. It's like, come on, enjoy it as what it is. You know? Yeah, go make your own He-Man cartoon then. <laughs> I, I, I just, I said on, on Mike and Ming the other day, um, and I know Kevin's taken a beating for saying he doesn't like He-Man or he wasn't a fan of He-Man or whatever. And I know even on the episode that I was on, I was selling a He-Man statue and, and Kevin and Ming were going back and forth about the, about He-Man on the, when they do the cutaways and they're doing yep. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The dude, the, the, look, he was older. He probably wasn't, I'm, I'm not a big like Turtles fan. I've worked on Turtles. They were yeah, fun. Just, they were fun to work on. 
Mm. You, you did the uh, actual, um, it was the uh, Turtles also Ghostbusters uh, one, right? That was my first cover, and then I did another one for City at War. But the thing is, I was never a Turtles fan. Right. When I got asked to do Turtles as a cover, I was like, wow, it's not my big fan base. And then I started drawing them, and I, I grew to love drawing them. And, mm. and they're fun, and I'm into them now. I, I would imagine it was probably the same. Once he had a chance to sit down and really learn the lore and how cool it was, you can see there's passion all over that new show. I right. will say I understand people thinking, you know, I'm not going to give anything away, but I, I, I understand the gripe about the show. But from my point of view, storytelling-wise, uh, arcs and, and, and energy and all that kind of stuff, I think it's incredible. I think it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. You guys got to walk with me. I got to go with my dog in. Ready? Come on. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We're going to meet JB. Well, we got to let we gotta let him in. He's scratching at the back door. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For all those guys, no. come with me. Should I try <laughs> change into like a sweater and change my shoes now after this? Great. It's an adventure <laughs> for everyone, especially, <laughs> yeah. Where'd he go? He was just scratching at the door. Huh. Uh, was it he's on the roof. Just kidding. <laughs> was, was it JB or was it a werewolf? No, wait. Uh, he, made a, he made a run for it. I don't know. Do you have a gated went. yard? Yeah. <laughs> JB, hold on, hold on. He's got he's got the camera. No, no, no pictures, please. No pictures. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where he went. Oh, there he is. Hey, buddy. Aww. Hi, buddy. What are you doing? Um, but the thing about uh, come on, JB, we're mobile. Uh, <laughs> the the thing about cartoons and things from the '80s or from our childhoods and and being made over and stuff like that. When they were made for us, they were made for kids. Exactly. And now, if you want them to be made again 40 years from now, they got to be made for the kids now. Right. Well, that's a great point. That That, that, that is a perfect point that mm -hmm. a lot of people, I, I hate to say it, but like our age and that just don't get it. It's like, hey, you know, it's like that was my childhood. It's like. Exactly. That was your childhood. Yes. Mm -hmm. and now this is for the next generation of children. You need a, you need a balance, you know. And I think the I think the new show does that. Like that Thundercats Roar thing was garbage. Oh yeah, uh, no, on that that was that, that went too far. <laughs> but a, a balance, but taking it into current time and times have changed. You know, things are different now. There were things made in the seventies and eighties when some of the creative process wasn't allowed because of the time uh, mm -hmm. that, that it was, you right. know? It's changed. It's not woke. It's just get with the times. Right. No, it, you know, it, things it, are different. It, read the comics back then. Read the comics now. You yep. know, you'll, 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 you'll see the, the evolution, you know, over time and sure. what was, and, you know, and here's another important thing. Read what was in the back, like you know, like the old stand soapbox and things. Yeah. These are the things that were happening at the time. Look at how it's reflected in the stories. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, and, and I get it, I get it a lot at shows, and I'm sure you guys see it too. You know, people complain about this or complain about that. And from a storytelling point of view, and I'm not the best writer in the world, and I haven't been involved in massive projects and that kind of stuff, but I have an understanding of how all that works. Mm -hmm. Stories evolve. Consequences have to take place. Character arcs have to happen. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and and you have to allow. Really quick. <laughs> What's that? Or else it gets boring pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, and you have mm -hmm. and you and the old cartoon. You know, to speak to He Man 
you know, specifically, the old cartoon was throw somebody into a swamp, Skelter's <laughs> plan is foiled, you know. And, and, you, man! Yeah, and it ends mm. with, you know, until next time. There's no consequences. You knew what was going to happen. To For Kevin, honestly, and that creative team to have the balls to do something different, mm-hmm. when they knew they were going to take a beating, that's pretty cool. I yeah. And, um, but, but just re- real quick, you know, for, for those, again, that are, aren't uh, you know, familiar, please look up First World. Look up The Adventures of Parker Reef. Look up Chosen. Please... You know, like if if you if you are at a con, please come to Chris's table and you know read, you know enjoy what he's created. You know, hit, be a hit my Kickstarter. I, I, I'm doing, doing like a terrible part of actually plugging what I have going on. Like I actually, I do have not a Kickstarter. I, I've got a no. Kickstarter going on now that I'm not even talking about because I'm just bullshitting. No, no, I, and, and that's the funny thing. Like I have in like my notes, like okay, be sure to go into the Kickstarter for shows slash yes. the uh, sketchbook. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think you asked me before, and we kind of got off off the rails a little bit. But did you ask me something about like my most proud work? Yes, it's yes. Parker Reef. It, it's, it's yes, the, definitely. Yeah, you have two uh, issues out. I think of that now, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Yep. Parker Reef, for better or worse, is the thing I think I will always be known for. Mm-hmm. Even if I had a long run on Spidey or I had a long run on Batman or whatever, I think Parker Reef for what it is. Uh, for what it's meant to people, for the reason it originated. Um, I think that will, oh, and I'm proud of that, that it will always be the thing, the the defining work of my career. <clears throat> uh, I mean, think back to two years ago when we're at Terrificon and there's five people standing in front of my table talking about Parker Reef and each yep. one of you didn't know the other. Right. And you're talking about your thought process on that book. And I remember mm. sitting there just being like, wow, this is this book has people thinking this 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 book has people feeling, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that that's that will always be I mean, I want chosen to be great. and I want uh, whatever I work on after that to be, you know, something that resonates with people. But I just think Parker Reef. And I won't get into it too much. If people want to buy the book, they can go to chriscampana.art and they can buy it. Uh, or you can Google me and see why the book exists. But um, uh, Which is a weird thing anyway. But uh, I just think for some reason uh, that that book has just done what it does. And th- thank you for that book. Well, or oh, those books, I should say. Yeah, it, 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 it means a lot to us. And yeah, for those that have not checked it out please do and you can understand what we get from this book Mm. and you may have similar feelings and you know it may also how do i want to say it like for you it may be something else too like yeah there's there's a lot behind that there's a lot that goes into that yeah and there's a lot people can get out of that and uh, you know, I love what you've done with it too. And also, that um, if, if you don't mind me uh, promoting too, uh, for those that would like to also donate to uh, Tana's Reef. Yeah. So so uh, when everything happened, I, I decided I was going to do a you know the nonprofit. And uh, when Tana was young, uh, I you know 
her name was Tim, you know, they called her Tanina. So, and Parker's middle name is Reef. So we did Tanina'sReef.org. Um, and what we do with that is a nonprofit. Uh, if you donate to Tanina'sReef.org, we use that money for baby showers. We use that money for toy drives. I've given uh, funds out of that to GoFundMe's for people who have suffered loss or, you know, something like that. We, we do not publicize everything we do with that because that's not what the thing is. Right. You know, when people are in need of uh, assistance or they suffer a great loss or a tragedy, the last thing I'm going to do is say, hey, guys, look at the thousand dollars we just gave somebody who had the worst day of their life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not why we do it. We don't do it to get, you know, but I do ask that people trust our process and know what we're doing is is on the right side of it. Um, as far as the book goes, I just got a message two days ago from someone who said that the book has allowed them to deal with something and has actually compelled them to make a book of their own to deal with some other stuff they have going on. And to be honest, that's pretty incredible uh, that we can still connect that way. Mm. You know, not to get too much into the weeds on it, but as people to be able to connect and to be able to be total strangers and everybody goes through pain and death and tragedy and all that kind of stuff mine was tragic but you know that kind of stuff how it impacted her her family and my family and me and and my kids and all kind of stuff that turned into a book that turned into two books that had an impact that resonated with people that i'm getting messages now where's part three which i don't think i'm ever going to do but i don't know i'll never say never um but uh yeah it's i'm very very proud of it uh comic book side i'm really really proud of chosen first world is good chosen is better because i've learned so much from first world Mm -hmm. as far as a writer goes i think chosen is probably my best just comic book work that i've done got it and issue two looks uh i don't hate it yet so that's 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 a positive (laughs) don't know chris yeah chris is is his biggest biggest critic Oh yeah, well I, I yeah I think that's how you get better, right? Is that is that how you get better by just hating yourself while you're doing the whole creative process? This is shit. And then going on to the next one. But it is anything uh, to watch to watch your growth to to you know to watch the progression from again for me you know the Kantara days right through Parker Reef and Chosen. So. Yeah, I appreciate that, man, because it's funny because I feel like I owe everybody a really like a refund for the first couple of years of commission requests. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, it's when you first start out, you're like, man, I deserve a job, man, I deserve this, man, I deserve that. I, I, why is that person getting the job and I'm not? I'm better than her or I'm better than him or whatever. And then, like, you look back and say, man, I wasn't better at all. Like, I really, (laughs) there's a reason why I wasn't getting gigs back then because I wasn't very good. So. Uh, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it all. And, thank you, man. Thank you. And, and, and thank you for uh, l- letting us all be uh, a part of the journey uh, oh, and, of course. along the way. Um, now, if uh, people want to you know, contact you yes. about your work, uh, yeah. about this, go to the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, yes. What are the ways uh, they can find Chris Campana? I. Uh, the best way and, and what I respond to the most is my Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just Campana Art. It's, you know, Camp A-N-A-A-R-T. Uh, that's the best way to get me. I see the messages best there. Um, 
everything is Campana Art. Everything is Campana Art at gmail.com for email. It's Campana Art for the Facebook group. You know, it's 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 all that. Uh, if they want to just go to the Kickstarter themselves, they can search my name or uh, the name of the Kickstarter is Sword and Sorcery and Saturday Morning Cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then they could just, they can back that. We just, we have the Ken Lashley variant cover, which has some copies left. Um, we've got the, we're, $90 away from the first stretch goal, which is 12,000, yes. which is the, the limited keychain. At I'm going to change with the stretch goals a little bit because I just finished a variant cover myself and we're going to do that one at 14 oh, or 15k and then at 18 wow. if we hit 18, which you got 16 days left, it's kind of an outside chance at 18. Um what, what, what people have to remember about Kickstarter is, is all that money doesn't come to me. You know, mm. like all that money includes shipping. It it includes paying everybody else who works on the book. It includes the publishing and the printing and the packaging and you know everything else and promotion and buying all these things and booking shows that maybe you know I don't get the table at and all that kind of stuff. I'm not making twelve grand right now off the Kickstarter. It's not like it's going in my pocket. You know that that's not the way it works. And when, <laughs> yeah, and when I push stretch goals, it's not. So I can put money in my pocket. Of course, you want to hit a stretch goal so you can relax for a second and really focus on the work. But I, I give, I, I want to give bigger and better things as we go because Kickstarters are basically me saying to you guys, give me your hard-earned money for the dream that I'm trying to achieve. Mm. And if you want to do that, you better be able to be willing to give everybody who donates the biggest and best part of you. Otherwise, you're an asshole. You know, that's that's a flat out thing. If I'm not going to give you guys everything I can as you give me your hard earned money, then I don't deserve any of it. Not to get preachy, but that's a fact. No, mm. I, I completely get that. And, I, and I've heard the Kickstarter horror stories, too. Sure, sure. And, you know, like we're also it's like, wait, this is what it is. You know, like, that's it. You know? Yeah. I've but, run and I've run late on Kickstarter. I mean, COVID destroyed the Parker Two Kickstarter. We had a hard time getting. Oh, no, I. I, I got you. I was yeah. gonna, a lot of things were back. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was a, 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 a process. I never went into something that difficult as far as like uh, just production wise. But right now, if we hit certain stretch goals, I've got something planned for the 18K that I think people will really, really, really like if we hit it. If not, I'm going to try to do it anyway. Okay. That doesn't mean don't bag it, people, but I'm going to try to do it anyway because – We, we, we you know, trust Chris. Yeah, I, you know what's hard, man? What, what's difficult is I want to do all these things, but you have to start thinking to yourself, well, how do I ship all of this stuff? How do I – and mm. I, how, how do I make it cost-effective on my end? If I'm going to charge you $10 shipping, but all of a sudden I'm doing – like with Parker, one and two, we did statues. I took a beating on the shipping on those things. Oh, I yeah, bet. Yeah, they didn't, gigantic statues, and yeah, I'm sure that wasn't cheap to be shipping. Mm. No, well, the statues themselves were thirty eight hundred dollars. Mm. The Parker two statues were thirty eight hundred, uh, and then shipping them because they're statues, so they don't fit in a comic book container. No, so <laughs> you're taking a beating on shipping there. So business wise, it wasn't the smartest decision, but I wanted to give everybody something. But uh, yeah, Kickstarter is great. Uh, if you want to back it, that's cool. For anybody listening, um, and I promise you'll dig what is in there, right? Oh, we will. Okay. Most definitely. And before we go, Pete, you got a quick game for us, sir? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll abbreviate it. So essentially, uh, what we're doing is this is film, Marvel film. 
Oh no. These new <laughs> like oh no. <laughs> if you get zero right, don't even worry about it because <laughs> if it was a comic book quiz, maybe it'd be different. Right? I'm so bad at comic book stuff. I I, I have no street cred. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. <laughs> but, you but, can but, draw. That's uh, all that's needed. I beg you. What's the uh, the, the uh, title? So, yeah. Well, so essentially, Marvel characters mm-hmm. and in New Jersey settings, and you have to. I'm going to give you like multiple choice. Okay. So. Okay. There's a chance you don't. Have to, <laughs> it's not <laughs> like Jeopardy, or you need to know the answer. You know. So is that the format in the question? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> if you want to play along. Um, all right, so here we go. In what fictional New Jersey town does Steve Rogers, Captain America, attend Camp Lehigh? Is it A, Arlen, B, Wheaton, or C, Blue Valley? Fictional New Jersey town. Ooh. So B? we got A, Arlen, B, Wheaton, C, Blue Valley. B? What do you think, Nick? Um, hmm. That, that, that's, that's, I'm going to say Wheaton. Okay, well, guess what? You're both right. It is? You're both like, yes, Wheaton, uh, New Jersey, I get which a no does not prize. exist. Nick, we get no prizes. Woo-hoo! No, no prizes at all. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's a bonus question. According to the Marvel map, where is Camp Lehigh? Is it in North Jersey, Central Jersey, or South Jersey? I think it's in, I think it's in South Jersey. I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree because also uh, in, in the movie, uh, 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 when he's trying to get into the Army, he says he's from Paramus, New Jersey. <laughs> yes, all, you know I also had that in my notes too. <laughs> but I would think that the camp would be south. Well, you are both correct. South Jersey, yeah, two for two. Man. All right. Uh, here's another one. As a child, Jessica Jones lived with her parents in what New Jersey borough? Was it A. Caldwell, B. Bernardsville, C. Bloomingdale? Ooh. Not the store. <laughs> oh well, then I then I refuse to answer. Uh, <laughs> um, you in housewares. No, uh, wait, wait, what was A? All right, so A Caldwell, B Bernardsville, C Bloomingdale. I go A. Okay, you're going Caldwell, and uh, but I think it's C. I, I'm going to go with C uh, Bloomingdale. Chris on a roll here uh, with the correct answer of A Caldwell. Nice. <laughs> Let's See how go. you're, you know, you're completely <laughs> redeeming yourself here with uh, your earlier uh, statement of <laughs> not going to be good at this. Um, okay, Let, let's do one last one, Nick. Uh, the new Miss Marvel is mm-hmm. the defender of her hometown. Name it. Is it A, Newark, B, Elizabeth, or C, Jersey City? Oh, oh I, I, isn't it Jersey City? This yes, is the new Miss Marvel. Nick, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, Kamala Khan comes from Jersey City. And Nick coming from behind, but not enough to defeat Chris Campana, who has won with his answer of Jersey City. Yes, <laughs> being correct. Perfect score. We're all companions. That's yes, it. right. Sweet. <laughs> so proud of myself. Oh, you should be. <laughs> yeah, put that on the top of like your website, you know, like winner of the Marvel <laughs> television <laughs> contest or movie contest. The Kickstarter to it. That's gonna be yeah, my right. bio now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris. Right. I really want to thank you for being our guest you know, t- today. Yes. Uh, you're oh, right. Thank you. Our, our first guest on our old podcast, but that was also at New York Comic Con. With, with you were sharing a table with the guy that was wasn't that the guy that was with the uh, papers at the end of the uh, comic too? W- w- was that the dude? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. But oh, he, wait, he, he you know back hard. in the day, Rashawn. I it think. Was, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but no, thank you for being on our pod today. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, and, and thank you, know, you guys and, so much. And and you know, for all those, please look up Chris. Look up the great work he's done. The great work he's still doing. And thank you. you know, and we we look forward to more to come. If you uh, like our show, please like, uh, subscribe, and uh, you know, if you want to talk to us, yeah, we're at uh, what is it? What exit podcast at gmail.com. I always mm-hmm. forget because I forget we have an email address. Yep. Uh, we're also exit what on Twitter, which, yeah, it would be good to post something, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is weird. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's own universe. Yeah. <laughs> and, Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. And, and Chris, we, we, we look forward to seeing you in the near future because we must have a karaoke night. So, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Make it happen. So for What Exit Jersey Stories, I've been Nick Franco. Yeah, I'm Pete Riario. And our guest today has been... Chris Campana? Campana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Right, guys. Take care, everyone.